Well, today's uh, day 15, say day 15, of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are officially on the home stretch. This is the final week we come into that. I want to thank those of you this week who joined us over at Jesus Church. How many of you had a great time? Amen. What a wonderful, powerful time we had. Three churches coming together for a week of prayer, fasting, worship, the Word. It wasn't just prayer and fasting. It was, as Pastor Chris put it, it was camp meeting. It was, it was, it was revival. And if we act a little excited today, because we are, because God's doing something, amen? And uh, it was just a wonderful time this week. Tomorrow, we get back on our schedule here of meeting here from 5 to 6 every day, from 5 in the afternoon, 6, 6 p.m. every day for prayer. And so I want to invite you all. This is the home stretch, so let's, let's make it so, right? Let's come out. Let's come out for a powerful week. The theme of our, of our 21 days is set the course, fix your eyes on Jesus. Set the course. You know, we start a new year. You're going to set the course for the year. But I'll tell you, the only way to set the course is to have your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? Whatever it is you're praying for, whatever it is you need God to do, set the course and set your eyes on Jesus, amen? And uh, to help you with that, well, there's some things on your seats. This is the last week they'll be on your, your seats. There's a spiritual growth challenge. How many of you need to be challenged to grow? I do. I need to be challenged. I want to surround my pe- myself with people that are going to challenge me to grow in all the areas of my life, but especially spiritually. There's also the faith declaration card, and that is to help you align your resources and your priorities with the Word of God and to, you know, how many know we have to bring our lives into the Word of God? The theme at Jesus Church this week was step into it. We have to step into the things of Word of God. God has promises for us, and there's ways to step into that. One of the ways is, is the way what we put on this faith declaration card, tithes and offerings. And, and, and we have to bring our resources into alignment with the things of God. So I want to encourage you in that. Also, one more thing, and then we'll get into the Word. Dr. Dale Van Steenis will be here two weeks from today. Say two weeks. Two weeks on the 29th, Dr. Dale will be here, and I want to encourage you to to invite everybody in your neighborhood, everybody at work, all your family. Let's fill the place up. We're going to have a. I, I, let's just. How about if we this next week, if we believe and call call on heaven to show up that day in a special way and just for revival to break out. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 11. Uh, Luke chapter 11, it is on page 1409 in my Bible. I don't know what it is in yours, but uh, you can go to Luke chapter 11. In my life, I have had several seasons that I've gone through where the posture of my heart and life was, God, I need you. Everybody have been through a season, God, I need you. 
But the posture was also, in these seasons, has been, God, I want more of you. People tell me when I say that, you can't get any more of God. Yeah, oh, yes, you can. We're going to spend all eternity getting more and more and more. I want to tell you, that was the, I've gone through these seasons where the posture of my heart was, God, I want more of you. I want to open my heart. You know, there's, there's places in our heart where because of experiences and hurts and pain and loss and all those things, there's places in our heart that, that the enemy has shut up, that the enemy has closed doors. We've got to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to open those places of our heart so God can come in and heal. And it starts when we come into a place, a posture of saying, God, I want more. God, open those closed doors of my heart. Fill all of my heart, all of my life, all of my mind. Can somebody say amen? amen. So it was the beginning of 1988 was one of these seasons. I was uh, 31 years old, so it was a couple years ago. And uh, <laughs> it, I was 31 years old. I was hungry. I was hungry for more of God. I was a children's pastor. I owned and operated a business, so I wasn't full-time or anything, but I was a children's pastor. I had just come to this place that I, I was hungry for. I wanted more of God in my life. I wanted, I wanted my relationship with the Lord to go to a new level. I wanted to see things in the spirit I'd never seen. I wanted to experience things in the spirit that I had never experienced. My heart was this, dangerous prayer. Whatever you want to do in me, Lord, do it. It's a dangerous prayer, church. But when you're hungry for God, you'll pray that prayer. God, whatever it is you want to do in my life, I'll do. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's a wonderful prayer. So there were several people in, 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 in our church at that point in time that had bought the book, and some of you may be familiar with it. Was, it's titled, Could You Not Tarry One Hour by Dr. Larry Lee. How many of you are familiar with that book? Maybe have read that book, okay? So several people in our church had bought it. At that time, they also had a workbook available that you could buy. You could still buy that book on Amazon. You can't get the workbook. I've, I've tried to go back. I don't know what happened to my, my copy of it over the years. But the book, this book was about how to pray like Jesus prayed. So I bought the workbook and I started waking up at five o'clock in the morning and studying and praying. And, and it wasn't long. At first it took a discipline. It says, based on my hunger for heart, my, the hunger in my heart for more God, I'm going to do this. And it took a discipline because how many times, how many times have you set your heart to, to get up early, to pray, seek God, and over a period of time, tiredness or whatever sets in and you quit. It takes a discipline. And I began after a period of time of, of going through this and, and just seeking God, studying and praying, that I began to notice that I was changing. How many of you know that sometimes God doesn't change things and circumstances Sometimes he changes you. And I was being changed. My heart was being changed. And it was a rich season in my life. Now I want to jump over to Luke 11. And this is uh, starting with verse 1. I'm going to read, just kind of follow along with me. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. 
when he ceased, that, the one, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, we often call this the Lord's Prayer, but it's really not Jesus's prayer. He was teaching us to pray. It wasn't Jesus's prayer because it asked for forgiveness of sin. Jesus had no sin. There was no need for Jesus to ask for forgiveness of sin. This is the prayer he intended for us to pray, for his disciples to pray. This is Jesus's model for prayer. I pray it every day. I have almost every day since 1988 when I went through that season. It is my model. Now, it's not a religious prayer. It's not a rote thing that I just do. It is what catapults me into the presence of the Lord. It is what catapults me into the things that God puts on my heart to pray over. Sometimes it may be, it may be praying over my family. Sometimes it may be praying over the church. But God catapults me through this prayer. He takes me to place places in the spirit as I pray. My focus today, though, is not this prayer. My focus today is what Jesus taught next. So go to, to verse 5 in chapter 11. Follow along with me. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give to you. Jesus said, I say to you, Though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Father, we pray, Lord, today. God, I pray, Lord, over every person here today. Lord, that, that your words, Lord, would infiltrate our hearts and our minds and would set up a determination, Lord, a discipline. Lord, to pray like you've called us to pray. But, Lord, to pray with the attitude that you teach us here to pray with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the first four verses of Luke 11, Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. I want you to understand he's teaching you how to pray. Remember, he says, when you pray, say. So he's telling us 
that what we, he's telling us, telling his disciples, he's telling us today what to say, what to pray, and, and, and what your prayer life should include. Your prayer life should include worship every day. Your prayer life should include intercession every day. Your prayer life should include repentance every day. Your prayer life should include requests, prayer requests, making our requests known to him. And your prayer life should include spiritual warfare every day. That's what Jesus is telling us there. But he also teaches them what I'm calling the attitude for prayer. How many know Christians need an attitude? I'm going to say that again. You need an attitude. When we come in prayer, we need to be known as Christians with attitude. People need to know us. Those Christians have an attitude. But our attitude is about prayer. Our attitude is upward towards God. Sometimes in intercession, our attitude is, is, is dealing with the things that the enemy is attacking us with. But I'm going to tell you, we need attitude. Jesus is telling us here how to pray with attitude. Say attitude. attitude. We need to have this attitude of prayer when we come in to pray. Jesus wants us to have this attitude. You need this attitude when you come in to pray. And the reason that we need this attitude for prayers because uh, Jesus tells us about three conditions that we will all face in prayer. There's three things that, we, that he shows us here that we will face in prayer. The first condition, by the way, you can go to your, your version Bible app. Our notes are in there. You can make notes, take them home, or you can do it the old-fashioned way. There's pens there for the old-fashioned way. Amen? But the first condition is lack. Say lack. The man says to his neighbor, a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. I have nothing to set before him. I'm going to tell you, we come to God in prayer because he is our source. He is our provider. He is our provision. He is Jehovah Jireh. We come to God because we recognize our inability to do anything. How many know Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own? You see, too many of us, we believe the world has taught us that we should be able to do everything on our own. Jesus said, our Lord Savior said, I can do nothing. We come into this prayer with this attitude that I can do nothing. But I'm going to tell you that we come to God. When we come to God, we come to him because he is our source, our provider of everything. Not some things, but everything. And in this world that we live in, we all are going to face lack. Anybody ever face lack? How many of you today have never faced lack? Can't say that, can we? Because every one of us face it. And we come into this place, lack or need. And, there, and I want you to understand, there's no such thing as self-sufficiency. That's, there's such a false word, so be self-sufficient. You can't be self-sufficient. There's no such thing as, as, as a self-made man or a self-made woman. It does not exist. It exists only in pride. Amen? But we are 
We come to him in prayer out of a position. This guy, this neighbor came to him out of a position of lack. He needed something. He comes to God and he asks. And, and you know, James 1.17 teaches us. He says, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. But I want you to understand every good gift. How many of you get gifts that may be out of your own sufficiency, but they don't turn out so good, right? How many know that some of the things that we pursue in our own sufficiency is not perfect? But he says every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from God. You see, you can work as hard as you want. You can go after everything in your own strength, and your own power, try to make things happen. You can fight and make things happen, but none of them will be good because every good gift comes down from above. We need prayer. We need an attitude in prayer because we will face lack. We need an attitude. We need an attitude. The second condition we will face in prayer is resistance. Anybody ever face resistance in prayer? Jesus says to the neighbor, Jesus says the neighbor said, uh, will answer, the neighbor will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. So the, so the guy goes to the door, he's asking for bread and his neighbor from beyond the other side of the door. So picture this, closed door, locked door. He will answer. The neighbor will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. This is his neighbor. This is his friend. Don't trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. This means that this man is facing resistance and opposition. Every one of us are going to face in prayer resistance and opposition. You'll face it in prayer. You'll face it in your daily lives, especially if you're prayerless. You will face more oppositions. But when we pray, you're going to notice the opposition. You're going to notice the resistance because you're trying to move as God's called. You're trying to press into the things of God and what God has called you. And you notice that, that resistance and, and, and opposition more. So I want to show you, and I want to give you a story here out of Daniel 10. Daniel 10 gives us a glimpse of what takes place in the unseen realm. We've been studying the unseen realm in the book of Ephesians. By the way, we, we're going to be coming back to beginning in chapter 4 of Ephesians on uh, the first Sunday in February. But the first three chapters of Ephesians are all about the unseen realm. It's all about uh, spiritual things that, that we take place that God wants to do in the heavenlies. But da in Daniel 10, we get a glimpse of what takes place in the unseen realm, the spiritual battle that takes place in our prayer life. Now, I want you to see this. So Daniel, Daniel is by the Tigris River, day 24. Day 24 of interceding, praying, fasting for the people of Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? Amen. Amen. An angel shows up. Now, I'm going to read Daniel 10. We'll start reading at verse 12. The angel says, From the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before your God, 
your words were heard. From the first day, it's day 24, praying and fasting, and he's heard nothing. He's received nothing. The angel shows up from the very first day that you began to pray. You were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. How many know angels need help? And if angels need help, you think we do? Amen. Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. So the picture here, he's praying 24 days. Nothing's happening. An angel shows up and says, hey, I heard you from the very first day. But I was being resisted by this, this, this prince of Persia, this, this, this demon, this, this person or, or angel of darkness. I had been resisted by them. The angel was held back from coming for 21 days, and, and Michael had to come and help him press through. Verse 14 says, now I have come to make you understand what will happen. His answer. His answer. You see, the first condition that we face is lack. Second condition we will face is resistance. Last night we, we talked about intercession was our theme uh, in our prayer and fasting time at Jesus Church. And I got to speak last night on intercession. And there's intercession is both praying for as well as praying against. How many of you know there are times we are to come boldly before the throne of grace into God's presence? We may be coming because we need healing or somebody, our loved one, is lost, needs healing, needs salvation. So we come before the throne of grace. We are praying in favor. We're praying and calling on God. But there are other times you have to stand at the door of your home, of your heart, and say, devil, you're not coming in here. Devil, I am standing up against and you will not pass. Are you hearing me, church? So there's times we, have, we will face resistance, and there's times we've got to turn and, and, and know that the Bible says that God has our back, so we turn, and God is standing there behind us. Just imagine us little, little people standing there and big God behind us and saying, go, Steve, go, man. And we start, we say, devil, you have no authority here in this home. You have no authority in my life, and I come against you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The third condition that we must pray with, with an attitude, is promise. You need to have an attitude about the promises of God. Because when you face lack and you face resistance, those things hit you in the face sometimes. And they want to, they want to cause you to focus on them and understand something. We have a promise. And promise gives us an attitude. Things look bleak right here for this poor neighbor. You know, he goes to what he thinks was a friend, and this friend says, go away, leave me alone. His neighbor shutting the door. I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. Resistance. Things look bleak. How many times you've been praying and praying for healing? Nothing. How many times have you prayed for a lost loved one and nothing and you pray and you pray and you pray 
Nothing. You prayed and prayed for that answer like Daniel and nothing. You pray and you pray and nothing. But Jesus gives us hope, gives us a promise. He says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give to him as many as he needs. Because of his persistence. How many know God responds to persistence? How many know this, what this passage, what Jesus is saying, if you change it a little bit to what he's really saying, he's saying you come to God in prayer. This is all about prayer. It's all about persistence and prayer, attitude in prayer. That's what Jesus is talking about. He says you come to God sometimes and you don't know the spiritual battles that are taking place in the heavenlies and how the angels are being resisted and opposed. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's 21 days, maybe it's 21 years, but you don't know. And you've got to have this attitude, this persistence and attitude that says, no, I know the promises of God and the promises of God for me are yes and amen. It's an attitude we pray with. Promises are an attitude. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, in one version says, not yet seen. How many know the things that God promised sometimes are not yet seen? But you're persistent. You stay at it. You, stay, you keep knocking. You keep going before God. You keep going before his throne of grace, believing and believing and believing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet. God, not yet, but it's coming. My answer's coming. There's always set before us in prayer his promises. Always. 2 Corinthians 120, 21 says, all the promises, say all the promises of God, all the promises of God are in him, say in him, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. How many of you, we got to participate in that promise. It's through us. All the promises of God are in him, we go to him. We, have, we can pray with attitude because those promises are in him. They're yes. That means they're, they're sure. They're amen. So be it. Are you hearing me? Amen. To the glory of God. Those promises are to the glory of God. God receives glory when we receive the promise. Amen. But they're through us. We got to participate. Our participation is persistence. You don't give up. You don't stop. 21 days, 21 years. Doesn't matter. You keep going after God. You keep going after God. Amen? So in prayer, we will face lack. We will face resistance. But we have the promises of God to hang on, to set before us. You know, we, we can look and we can say the, 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 the lack and the resistance are like all the noise taking place in the world that we have to deal with. All the stuff people may say about you or, or all the troubles or, or all the, 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 the things that take place in our life that may hurt us and cause us delays. 
understand those things just like lack and resistance, we can look and say, no, I have a promise. I'm hanging on to that promise. I'm reaching for the promises of God because it's reaching and grabbing a hold of those promises is what's going to give you the persistence. And the persistence is going to give you the energy, if you will, the strength to keep going after those promises. So Jesus teaches us how to pray. I'm going to challenge you. Try it out. But he also teaches us what we're going to experience when we pray. Lack, resistance. He's telling us you've got to hang on to those promises. But then he teaches us the attitude of prayer. The attitude. I want to be... I want to be a Christian with attitude. Here's his attitude. Luke, this is verse 9, Luke 11. So I say to you, this is Jesus. Worship team, you can go ahead and come. I say to you, listen to this, folks. Ask, and and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. I don't see the word, it may be, if. That's a promise, church. It's a promise you got to pray with attitude. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be given. It's a promise. And then he says in verse 10, for everyone, say everyone. everyone. Say, I'm an everyone. I'm an everyone. My children are an everyone. My grandchildren are everyone. My circumstances and place life is everyone. For everyone who asks receives. Did you hear that? Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. No ifs, ands, or buts, as my dad used to say. He was usually talking about... uh, Things I needed to do that he told me, Dale, son, there ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about this. This is what you will do. Yeah? Sometimes we need to be that way, that attitude with our things that we're praying for. So these promises for every condition of lack and resistance we face, Jesus says, ask, keep on asking. Hear this, church, as we close. Ask, keep on asking. There's never an ending to the asking until that promise is fulfilled and then the thanksgiving can go up. Ask and keep on asking. Seek, seek and keep on seeking. You know, I've told you about, I wanted to see things I hadn't seen. I wanted to experience things that God I hadn't experienced. I have to keep seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking, keep asking and seeking. Then he says, knock and keep on knocking. Why do you knock? Because there's a closed door. You're going to face closed doors. He says, knock, keep on knocking. Knock, 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 knock. Keep on knocking until that door is open. Don't give up. Don't slow down. He says, keep on knocking. You see, the attitude for prayer for every one of us, for you, for me, for all of us, for the church today is persistence. It's persistence. It says, I will not give up. I'm going to keep asking. 
I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking until it's open to me and the promises of God are yes and amen in my life. So God wants persistence. Because as I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's your friend, yet because of his persistence. Persistence. He will rise and give as many as he needs. We all face lack and resistance, but we can turn away from those things. We can turn from the from facing lack, resistance. We can turn. We can say, God, I've got your promises. Yes, lack and resistance still there, but I've turned my back on them and I'm reaching for the promises. I'm reaching for the promise giver. I'm reaching into the heavens and I'm pulling down. I'm going to tell you, church, there are times that I, I just believe that we have to, we have to in faith and, and in strength reach into the heavens and pull heaven down. Jesus says, pray, thy kingdom come. There are times we got to reach and just pull it down in our lives, pull it down over our home, pull it down over our families, reach into the heavens. There's an old saying that says, I'm going to grab hold of the horns of the altar. And I'm not letting go, God, until you answer my prayer. I'm going to tell you, church, it's time for you to grab a hold of the horns of the altar. It's time for you to reach into the heavens and say, God, I'm not letting go of your promise. I'm going to pull, and I'm going to pull. I'm going to keep asking and knocking. I'm going to keep seeking until I, they open up. This is what Jesus is telling us to do. As we come into this last week of prayer and fasting, I believe it's a week of breakthrough. There are things you've been asking. There's things you've been seeking. I say things. I'm, I'm just prayers. You've been asking God. Promises asking. You've been asking God, seeking God, knocking on the door that seems apparently to be closed. God promises that door will be open. He promises that. As we come into this last week, I want to challenge you. Let's join our faith together. I said this last week one night when I was speaking. I said, I, I can't live on my faith alone. You can't either. That's why God put us in this thing called the church. A body of faith. We can join our faith together this week. Write your prayer request on those connection cards. Turn them in. You know, if you don't turn them in, if all you do is write a prayer, just go ahead and come today and just put them on the altar. Just put it here before you leave. You can write it on the prayer walls. These prayer walls are filled. There's, there's, there's both prayers and there's answered prayers. And, and write them on the prayer walls. But I'm going to tell you, this week, come with an attitude, an attitude of prayer. Come with an attitude. We're going to take a moment and we're going to receive communion together. If you have your communion elements. Communion is a very powerful thing. Because it is a reminder. Of what Jesus did. So that we can have the promises of God in our life. Do you know without these elements. Without his body and his blood. We could not come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy in a time of need. 
It is because of what he did that we can have an attitude. He says, come boldly. That's attitude, church. He says, come boldly. Come with an attitude. Why? Because he's given us his body and blood. He died for us on the cross. He removed the separation. And now all we have is we have God calling, come closer, come closer. Come before me. Bring your request. Come before me. So Jesus gives us what we call the Lord's Supper, the table of the Lord. He, he took bread and he broke it. You can break it because we receive the broken body of Jesus that makes us whole. You see, before Jesus, we were all broken. Jesus broke his body, allowed his body to be broken. He breaks the bread and he says, Take, eat my broken body to make you whole. Let's partake. And then he took the cup. And he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. Old things have passed away. Say that with me. Old things are passed away. Right now, close your eyes. Speak to your past. Whatever it is in the past and say, old things are passed away. They're gone. Let them go, church. Let it go. Jesus died. He shed his blood. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant, of the new deal, of the new day. And you, because of this, are a new creature. Let's leave the past in the past. And let's decide today to move forward. Let's partake of this cup of the new covenant in his blood. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. God, we thank you that you have made us new creations in Christ Jesus, that you have called us to be new, new, new. God, I pray that you would give each of us a revelation of the newness of our lives in Jesus, in you. Lord, that old things have truly, truly passed away. They're gone. And that we can step into the newness of Christ. Step into this new life that you have given to us. 